Visible is the wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
back to Nintendo Voice Chat, and we have something very special in store for you today. Uh, first of all, I am Jose Otero, and I am joined this week by Andrew Goldfarb. Hey. I'm joined by John Kay, a fan gamer. How's it going? And I'm joined by Reed Young, also a fan gamer. That's me. So it's great to have you both on the show. This is an awesome opportunity for us because this is the week that, uh, hang on, there's a couple of games hitting the virtual console, oh, new yeah. 3DS, so, uh, so Mario Kart, that's cool, Donkey Kong Country, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And we're here yeah. for a Donkey Kong Country retrospective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And DK a little... Vine fan base. Shout out. <laughs> the, the DK rap, do whatever you want. Oh, no, but actually, there's a little known game called Earthbound on this list. Uh, which, if folks don't know, um, you guys, actually everyone at this table, I think we all met through Earthbound. So mm-hmm. why don't we start that off first? Like, how okay. do we all know each other here? Who wants to go first? I mean, I mean, you guys have the more interesting story. I mean, like, <laughs> like the, the short version for, for me is like, I, you know, thanks to you guys starting Starman.net, I, um, was part of that community when I was like really young. I think that was actually probably mm-hmm. the, the first like internet forums I ever posted in or anything. Yeah. Um, and I was collecting a bunch of, like, Earthbound stuff at the time, so I would, like, send pictures of, like, there was one, I think, Aquasran merch, and I would send in, like, pictures of, like, posters and, right. like, all the pogs <laughs> and like, all the random stuff, yeah, uh, the yeah. ruler. Um, but, yeah, so I was part of that community for a while, and I think we met in person for the first time, it would have been, like, 2006, 2007, yeah. uh, in New York. Yep. Um, and, and you and Camille uh, were, were passing through, and I, I was living there, and, and we met at uh, Grand Central, and then we went to the... Um, Forget if that was when it was still Pokemon Center or if that was already Nintendo World, but we just went to the I think it was Nintendo, Nintendo World, World story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was that was our first time, and then like, that's my exciting story. You guys are, are way more interesting, I'm sure. I think my first time when I got into the old community was I went into an old MIRC chat channel and okay. I said, "Hey, who likes to do Earthbound art? I want to do Earthbound art. You want to do Earthbound <laughs> art?" And uh, funny enough, uh, Reed's uh, now wife Camille at the time, uh, she initially taught me. How to do some basics in Illustrator and Photoshop, which was an inception to my, my current career is. And I really got to understand and see a lot of the love that Earthbound was, uh, how it was driving a lot of people. And with that, I actually kind of started developing my own skills and my talent with that passion that, you know, Camille was teaching me initially and kind of took it from there. And I was in a different, different degree, but I realized so much happiness was coming from these people and was affecting people's lives in a, such a great way and I just my career just kind of kept orbiting back to Earthbound which uh, which was really great and the community kind of just grew from that so yeah yeah I I started an Earthbound website when I was a kid and a bunch of crazy crap happened after that <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story um, yeah I met my my wife through the site um Met a bunch of friends. We started doing like yearly conventions and hangouts and like, yeah. group vacations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, when I started a business, it was with people from Starman.net, and that became FanGamer. And now we've got eighteen full timers. <laughs> it's crazy. <quiet> building. <laughs> Back then, when we were at the Starman.net community, we jokingly said, "Hey, you know, we should all get together and live in a, a neighborhood nearby and yeah. kind of hang out together." And Ironically, we're exactly doing that in a different form. Let's be clear on how dorky this was. It was fanfic about how we like started this company, incorporation, and we were gonna like fight Nintendo or something to get Earthbound. It was it was was incredibly dorky, and uh, it's kind of 
I don't know. I was I, not coming. I'm not always coming true, obviously. I mean, well, I, I was not part of this. It was, <laughs> but uh, on the record, <laughs> on the record, I, 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 I was not part of I am not fighting this. Yes, no. uh, uh, yeah. But it was definitely something that we got bounced around, and you know, now it's kind of coming in its own form and its reality with a uh, fan gamer. So I mean, it's so it's fascinating. Like, I like I was way on the outside. I was just like a kid posting in the forums. But it's so funny to me that like it was such a hardcore group of people, and I remember. Seeing a kid in like a terrible, he probably like made it on Cafe Press. It was like like a really like fuzzy, blurry, like like low resolution Earthbound logo on a shirt. Right. And I saw him in like a mall in Pennsylvania, and I like freaked out because I had never seen anyone in like Earthbound merchandise ever. And I think also uh, on my college campus there was a kid wearing a shirt. Um, I like freaked out. And it's so funny now. It's like. They're ev- like so many people are dressed as Ness at like every PAX I go to. Right, like so yeah. many people are like yeah. just rocking merchandise, usually from you guys. And it's so funny that like it's on Wii U, it's coming to 3DS. Like it's like Earthbound has become part of the conversation again in this way oh, that yeah. I never expected to when I was like 15 right. and like yeah. taking pictures of a ruler and, yeah. and sending it to a website. <laughs> no, and, and that's a great point. I mean, I came to know you, uh, Reed and Andrew. I I think we also sort of, uh, at least we bonded over Earthbound, mm-hmm. but I know that I met Reed uh, at, it was uh, PAX Prime. I think it was like 2011 or 2012. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, I worked at oneup.com back then and in the office, you'd always hear, uh, so Bob Mackey, who was one of our editor, one of our editors, and Jeremy Parrish, Earthbound would come up and there would be all these kind of fond talks about it. And I didn't grow up playing it. Like, you know, in 1995, you know, we, we were like a poor family in the Bronx, like, you only got a certain number of games, and that was one that I missed, and I regret that. Uh, but I was thinking to myself then, would it make sense to pick this up now and try to find out what everyone's talking about? And what hooked me was listening to the soundtrack, but then I got to play the game, then I learned more about Fangamer, then I took a few minutes to just stop by your booth and we met that way, and that was just this cool moment for me, because I was like, man, look at all this cool stuff that came as a result of of this game and of how it impacted um, you know, th- this group of people. Like, I was, I was really moved by that. And I was also moved by the game itself, but we can get into that a little later. I think what we need to answer for folks right now, though, is what is so special about Earthbound? Like, that's a, that's a tough, that's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. But yeah. what, what is so special about this game and why, uh, did it sort of, you know, communicate itself to us in this way that made us really passionate about it? Read all the, you, oh, no. you go first, John. That's, <laughs> I got to think about this a little bit. Uh, I mean, John has a lot of fan fiction about this very subject. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, for Earthbound, when I got to play uh, initially, I it was I think it was my first RPG I ever mm-hmm. played. I never really got into the Final Fantasy and other RPGs, but with this one here, I really was able to connect with it because of this current modern day setting. But when I played it and I got to enjoy the characters, enjoy the story. And all and uh, all the different kind of music. My dad was a person who introduced me to a lot of different genres of music, and I never really stuck to one. He just like you know I want you to uh, hear them all out. And Earthbound, I really felt had a, a very broad spectrum of different music styles, and so that was one very attractive. Uh, but when I played the game and I beat it, to me, it felt like it was a story that transcended that medium. That it was something that oh by chance it is a game. But it's something that's not a game. So people ask me, like, what's your favorite book? I was like, well, my favorite story is Earthbound. It's like, oh, what's that? I haven't heard of that. I haven't read that. It's like, well, actually, it's a video game. People are like, oh. And they would immediately discount it. But to me, over the over the years, it's it's all about the experience that I had and the story that Earthbound told and the characters that you know lived within that world. And that, for me defined itself as an, uh, an overall uh, set of memories. And that 
and all the characters and the, the music and the setting and and how I can personally relate to it because of its current modern day setting was what really solidified it for me. And uh, being a video game was just a medium. It wasn't exactly uh, a negative, but for a lot of people it was. And I'm glad people, a lot of people have come around to see it as more than just being a video game, but being something, you know, uh, a great tale. Yeah. The contemporary setting, I think, specifically spoke to a lot of people because you were very used to uh, RPGs or games presented in a fantastic way. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like Thor, the Mushroom yeah. Kingdom. Dragons. Yeah. And yeah. dragons and Hyrule. And, yeah. I think that's you know. what it was for me, for sure. Because, like, I, so I played Earthbound not anywhere near launch, probably. I played it, I played it probably at, at least a year late. Um, yeah. Cause, and, and the reason I got it was cause, like, like, I didn't get very many games. And it's like when we got, when I got a game, like, especially in the SNES era, like, I would play it to death. Like, I would, like, I would max out every game I had because it's like, I, I really only got, like, maybe three games a year. Um, yeah, same here. And so, but I ended up getting Earthbound weirdly because it's such a weird walk, but I, it's, I swear I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, I, I had all these Ninja Turtle action figures I had collected, Ooh, and yeah. there was this summer where I was like, I'm a grown-up. I'm going to get rid of all these. And I, I like, Next stage of growth. Did you do this recently when you... Yeah, when, that's true. I, I have my my, uh, my semi-annual toy purge. Um, but, but no, I, I, I got rid of, like, these Ninja Turtle figures. And I, like, my dad, like, put an ad in the newspaper or something. It was something weird. Because I, I had, like, a crazy collection. Because um, what I did was, like, it probably was a penny saver. Yeah. Uh, like, I, at school, would, like, trade for all of these turtle figures all the time, constantly. And, like, I was, like, mowing lawns and doing, like, whatever. And I would always, like, like on Fridays, like, my mom would, like, go to the bank or whatever. And I would, like, stop by uh, a place called Farmore, which is, like, a mm-hmm. pharmacy in um, in Pennsylvania. And they sold toys. So I'd buy Ninja Turtle toys. Anyway, I sold a bunch of them. And I had, like, it was probably, like, 40 bucks or something. It, like, wasn't a lot of money. But, like, to me, I was, like, oh, my God, I'm super rich. Yeah. And we went to uh, Funko Land. And mm-hmm. they had a used, like, the, which is so funny now because it's, like, it would be worth, like, $500 or whatever. Right. But they had a used big box, Earthbound, like, with everything in it for, like, 40 bucks or whatever it was. And so I bought it. And, like, that was, like, I used all of my money on it. And it was, like, I got so into it. And I think it was the contemporary setting because, like, at the time I, I had played, like, well, Final Fantasy VI, like, it's Final Fantasy III at the time. And Chrono Trigger were, like, my big two. Those were, like, things I was, like, obsessed with. And then um, Link to the Past. And so by the time I got mm-hmm. Earthbound, mm-hmm. it was, like, the first time I'd ever related to mm-hmm. a character in a game. Number one, because they were kids. And number two, because of the contemporary setting, like, I just, like, was so invested in that story. Because mm-hmm. it is. It's, like, such an interesting... Yeah, it relates like, a lot to like, yeah. it. Like, it's that hero's journey thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. like it's, like, mm-hmm. so unique as, like, an archetype or anything. But I just, like, cared about them. And I laughed. That was the first time a video game ever made me laugh. And it's, mm-hmm. like, just mm-hmm. everything about it, when I finished it for the first time, I was, like... That was amazing. Like, yeah. that just, like, immediately, like, hit me. And I, I think I, like, immediately started over and played it again. And I, It's I a just, good spectrum of emotions. Because, yeah. like, you can laugh. You can kind of get emotional. You can yeah. kind of think about a lot of a lot of the aspects in the game, such as corrupt politicians. And yeah, yeah. what about that lady outside of the hotel in 3? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> later, you kind of grow up. Yeah. Like, youthful confusion. Man. Yeah, it's like you kind of grow up and, like, wait a second. That, you know, that you refer to it uh, back in, uh, um, in retrospect. So there's a lot of those uh, 
It's so funny. Like when it came to Wii U, I I replayed it, and like some of the jokes in there, I was like, "Wow, I definitely did not." Yeah, you missed that it. When I was back kid. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all part of a wonderful uh, localization effort by a friend of the show, Marcus Lindblom, who mm-hmm. you know, uh, when when we met, I feel was around the first time that he started sort of being comfortable telling folks he yeah. had worked on that game. Um, and just a little more context before Reed gets into sort of his uh, his his reasons for why uh, Earthbound. Uh, is so special. Um, this was a game, you know, made in Japan uh, by a Japanese copywriter was the, was the main writer on the game, uh, Shikisato Itoi, who initially uh, there was an NES game that did not come here. Um, right, very close it was the, to becoming yeah, here. very close to coming here. It was localized at Nintendo. Um, you've probably heard this story before. We're going to give you the synopsis anyway. The Super Nintendo version is was the official first time Earthbound. Uh, had come to the West, and it in a lot of ways it was a do-over, where the first game, um, you know, it had its own unique foursome that went out on an adventure. This one felt a lot more polished. This one mm-hmm. uh, wasn't as difficult. The first game was brutally, brutally hard to play, um, and so you had all these factors. You had a really cool mu- uh, soundtrack. Uh, one of the contributors being Hip Tanaka, who mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. A, a genius, um, and uh, and a developer called Ape, who then slowly. Transitioned and turned into something else entirely years later. Yeah, Pokemon they became creatures. Creatures. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, and they were involved with like Pokemon and all these other things. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ash is actually a technical spiritual successor to Ness. So That's so interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like with with Ape, I just found this out recently. Um, apparently, the president of Nintendo at the time said, "Hey, you know, we need to start thinking of games as a storytelling medium." Not just like uh, Tetris or you know Centipede or whatever. Like this needs to be a way to convey stories. Mm-hmm. And they started Ape with that intention. And then yeah. he brought on Etoy because they wanted someone who could tell a story. And mm-hmm. it was that was his job. Yeah, and that's how I felt like so attached to it because it was something it was a, it was a different tale rather than just the standard video video game. So, yeah, but yeah, it, that's that's really yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, the game is just, it's a weird game, you know? And that's, like, yeah. the fact that it's told, it's a story about America told by s- someone who had never been to America. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that, it was kind of Uncanny Valley in a way, and I <laughs> loved it. Like, it was just mm-hmm. really odd. It's like, who would, <laughs> just the way it parodied, like, politicians and police, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it, oh, yeah. it, it was just, it, you could tell it was someone who, kind of like, kind of, kind of the same reason the room uh, you know that that weird movie that no one understands how the, where did that come from? Like yeah. it's just kind of it's like clearly made by someone who doesn't have the same perspective as you, but you're looking at the same thing. And you can tell, and I think that's kind of what makes Earthbound so attractive is that it's just a different way to look at things, you know. Hmm. But yeah, it's such a unique world, and it's it's funny because like world building is hard in games even now when you have like these like crazy like photorealistic, like, 3D gigantic open worlds, mm-hmm. but it's, like, then, like, going from city to city, like, each one feels unique, and it doesn't yeah. just feel like it's, like, a palette swap, it doesn't just feel like it's, like, oh, like, like, I, I've been playing through Pokemon Yellow on yeah. Virtual Console, it's, like, I, I love the original Pokemon games, but it's so funny to me that, like, it literally changes colors as you go to each, like, different uh, town and, and fight each gym, but they're all basically the same. Right. Um, whereas in Earthbound, it's, like, such a crazy feeling of like this is like Tucson is so different than like Winters or like so different from like Moonside or like any any mm-hmm. like of the environments in that game like have such a cool unique feeling and it's mm-hmm. like I would walk away like remembering them and like when I did find yeah. someone who would also play that game like it was so easy to talk about a place and they're not like 
oh, is that the pink one or the red one? It's like, no, that's the <laughs> incredible, like, different area. No, like, totally, totally. Yeah, and for anyone who's listening who hasn't played, uh, I assure you we're trying to avoid spoilers, clearly, just yeah. for you. But um, I have to tell you, as someone who finally played this game for the first time in 2011, that uh, and I had to do it uh, not by legal means because at the time it was not available <laughs> anywhere. Not, I'm yeah. outing myself <laughs> here, yeah. But it's, it's available for you now. I will say that it holds up incredibly well. Like, my... my uh, my whole method to approaching that game was I'm going to play this without any like guides or help. I want to see if this game can point me to the next thing in an elegant way. Because sometimes with older games, it isn't quite as clear, right? Like, like we're talking about an era though where like masterpieces like Chrono Trigger came out, you know, mm-hmm. which were, absolutely have stood the test of time. But I wasn't sure about Earthbound because I didn't know anything about it at, at the time. Actually, when Earthbound was originally released in '95 yeah. with the big box, they put in the manual because because of I believe target testing. Yeah, the people thought it was too tough, so they had the manual automatically packed. Yeah, yeah. And so, is it? How do you feel? I feel like uh, I was able to figure everything out. I think there's only one thing I ever got desperate and looked up. And everything else, and I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry. I wish I did. But um, it it was somewhere in the first third of the game. But I felt like the entire tale was, was elegantly told. I was able to figure out everything I needed to do. And it was just incredibly charming. And it had this impact on me in a point in my life that uh, was just really, really uh, sort of traumatic and it was something that I was a lot of things I was trying to cope with and I felt like this game really helped me with that mm-hmm. um, and so I urge you if you're listening to the show and you have never played this game before you should absolutely do that um, and you know coming to the new 3DS virtual console is a huge deal yeah. Like, yeah. This, this is cool I know it's a 20 it's a something year old game and so you're like well why do I why should I care we're here to tell you you should um, so the, let oh no go ahead I was going to yeah. say really quickly that the, the it's weird because someone recently asked me. They were like, "Oh, I want to I want to play Earthbound for the first time. Should I start with Earthbound Beginnings?" Nope, no, don't yeah. do that. Uh, that is uh, that is the game they were talking about before, which was Mother in uh, Japan. That was yes. almost like a prototype for Earthbound game. Do not play that game first. Um, definitely <laughs> yeah. play Earthbound, and then if you're interested, maybe go back to that as sort of an interesting piece of history. Mm, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, don't think of it as like you're not missing a prequel. Kind exactly, of stuff, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. All right, so then let's talk about uh, let's focus on uh, you two actually here a little bit and talk about uh, John and and Reed. So. I mean, Earthbound had a huge impact on both of your lives. Like, how did Earthbound, like, change your life? What sort of came as a result of this? And, John, you went into some of this a little earlier in, in mm-hmm. your introduction. Uh, and I know, Reed, you have a huge story here as well. So take it away. Well, I don't know. It's weird because the, like, it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's weird to admit this, but I haven't played through the game for, like, a decade, more than a decade <laughs> Okay. Like, I've played chunks of the game as part of my mm-hmm. charity streams and stuff, but I haven't sat down to play the game for a long time. And Earthbound, in a way, it's more of a... Like, something we keep coming back to is the idea of, of being a MacGuffin. And that's like a film industry term. Like, it's it's something that moves the plot forward in a movie, and it doesn't really matter what it is. It's like the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And uh, Rosebud and... Citizen yeah, and Citizen Kane, yeah. 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 You know, like, Earthbound has been this MacGuffin in my life, and I love the game. It's not like the game's not important to me, but um, it's just the fact that Earthbound is this game that has attracted this type of person. The type of people that love Earthbound Mm -hmm. just are people that I love to be with and that love to be with each other. You know, and because of that, you know, all this stuff has just come naturally as a result of that. Um, Hardworking people, creative people, people who really want to zealously express not only their fondness for the game, but also to be able to share that with other people. And just by that nature, we connect. And yeah. Storm.net, later to Fam Gamer. So. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, 
don't know. It's just something that I, I started doing when I was a kid, and I just kept doing it because it was fun and it was working out, mm-hmm. and I – I don't know. I didn't stop. <laughs> but, I mean, even take us back. Like, what's the first post on the webpage when you started your first Earthbound community? Yeah. What, well, read, what was read, actually, what was the original name of your <laughs> website before you were now Earthbound? It was uh, it was Readman, Smiley, Sound, Simpsons, Super Nintendo, and other stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> surprising that name didn't stick, I've got to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, if you read it, it's like R-S-S-S-S-N-O-S. So that was that was my first website like 1997 is when I made this dumb mm-hmm. site. It was just like I had five megabytes of hosting from my ISP, you know. I was like, I'm going to make a website. Oh, only f- uh, only five? Yeah. <laughs> I think I started out with one and it got bumped to five. Um <laughs> So I, I made a, made a page where I just would like copy and paste smileys, <laughs> like, like colon parentheses as a smiley face. You know, really helpful tips like that. Uh, but I also had like a small Earthbound page where I said, "Hey, I like this game, and here's I, I like I took some scans from the manual, you know, and put those out." And that page was called "You Are Now Earthbound." Yeah, yeah, and that became this uh, like it eventually became its own website, and it's called "You Are Now Earthbound," and um, that led to Earthbound.net. And then a bunch of circumstances led to that becoming Starman.net. It's all the buzz buzz yeah. drama. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was like a there was a dispute over the domain name. It was a very juvenile dispute kind of thing. Okay, okay. Kids. Uh, yeah, you know. Kids and their domain disputes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the late 90s, I had no idea domain disputes between kids was a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happened. I remember uh, as we were developing our own, I was on the site just more of an observer than later engaged on the artistic side of things. We would see the initial genesis of what is now IGN from back, what, the N64.com days mm. until what it was here. And, oh, my gosh. It was like every E3, we're like, Earthbound is there going to be an Earthbound related thing, and we yeah. all get to some buzz. And but I'm still like that now, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every yeah. damn, like every year. Nintendo Direct for like every year. Yeah, yeah. I, I sit next to the man every <laughs> time. This is the one, and I'm like, Andrew, take it easy, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a little bit of a web comic with Earthbound fans who um sit, sit uh, patiently by the screen waiting for uh, an E3 thing. Initially, those older years, we'd be like, oh, but now we're like. Okay, nothing. Yeah. All right, next one. Yeah. I've been yeah. hurt before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are we are weathered <laughs> to the pain. Wait, of, but Earthbound Beginnings showed up near E3, right? And you guys are like, oh my god, yeah. like, yeah. what? That was so, like, well, how? Love, my favorite thing about it is the name because it's like. If Mother Three does come here, like what the hell do you call it? Is yeah. it is it yeah. Earthbound Two? Is it yeah. like it's so confusing now? Because yeah. it's like I'm betting on Earthbound endings. That's that's what yeah. I that's what I think. I feel think like, yeah, or like Earthbound. So here's what I think. This is and I've said this to you before. Because they made a Lucas amiibo, and because of Smash, and because people know the name Lucas now, uh, I can literally see it being called Earthbound colon Lucas's Journey or something. Like I can see mm-hmm. them doing something where they that. brand it in that way to based uh, off the current connection. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So don't name name disputes and yeah, then yeah, then where'd yeah. we go? Where'd also like at that point we were we were updating in updating the website in ways that only kids could because we had a bunch of, that was it was our favorite thing to do. We would just sit around all summer especially. Oh my gosh. And just yeah. like generate content for this website, you know. And so at one point we were doing like 20 updates a day yeah. for the website. Like, like uh, <laughs> uh, one of our good friends now who works so uh, with Fangamer, he works uh, really hard with Fangamer stuff. He worked really hard back then by categorizing uh, everything. His name is Brian Jaworski. He'd mm-hmm. be able to categorize all the uh, merchandise and everything that came in. So he worked on that side of things. Uh, Clyde worked on like coding side of things. Uh, tomato. 
Yeah. Um, whose job was like to categorize all of the other Earthbound fan sites, yeah. and, like and like put them in alphabetical order and link to them, <laughs> yeah. and like pick one to like this is the best site today. Yeah, you know? and it's so funny hearing like it's so funny hearing like Brian's name and I'm immediately like oh Shadow X, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah Shadow, like oh Tomato. It's like that yeah, weird right. thing where like it's, it, it no. took me so long to know real names too. It just yeah. Oh, we we had this funny thing where when we first met and in, in, uh, in person, we're like so internet name or real name? Yeah, and Steve. Uh, Steve Campos, uh, Plo, or otherwise known as Plo Quackspasm. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he's like, so, uh, Jock and Reedman and Shadow Zion. And I was like, wait, let's, we're in person. Let's yeah. use real names. Yeah. He's, when so. I see him, he calls me Garfield because uh, my username <laughs> was, name was Garfab. Well, oh, but he, like, he calls me Garfield <laughs> because of Garfab, which I find really funny. <laughs> so it, it was really. Wait, now, hold on. We, everybody knows what Garfab means? Has this been explained? Got a before? river. Oh, it was Garfab. Yeah, that's right. So it was actually Simon Bob, I think, came up with it. Yeah, my, uh, my username and everything is Garfab, and it stood for Got a River Phoenix EP because um, yeah. I. Super long story. I was buying a bunch of drive through records uh things to like make like, a catalog for them and I found the like their first thing was a an EP by a band called River Phoenix uh that got sued by the estate of River Phoenix and so they changed the name oh. to Phoenix TX and <laughs> finding the original version was like super rare and I found it at like a garage sale or something and I was so excited that I went home and made an AOL screen name which is like <laughs> not something a normal person does but yeah that was that was my username for like years and then finally after like 10 years or, or maybe not quite that long but after a while uh, yeah. Simon Bob and the site just like shortened it to Garfab and I was like oh I really like that you gotta make things easier that's one of my favorite things is learning the genesis of people's usernames yeah, yeah and they're always so dumb they're yeah. always like I had a cat named Lucky and I had 44 buttons on my desk so I'm Lucky 44 it's like there's always like <laughs> Reed I think your original uh, username uh, you wanted it to be was like Reedman007 or something like that yeah yeah and it was it was too long. You, you could only have eight characters back then, yeah, and a username because it was yeah. a Unix based thing, you know. So yeah. that was a limitation. So I was like, da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. You see the 007 disappear from my name. Okay, so so then uh, you also met your future wife through this community. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're comfortable talking a little course. bit more. About yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Um, so we started, like I said, we started doing um, after we had been doing the site for a couple of years. We started saying, hey, we should just get together and hang out. Because, like, a couple of us, yeah. well, we live near each other. You know? Yeah, that was a big transition. I was like, okay, internet people. Yeah. All right, we're going to meet in person. My mom's like, do, do, do I know their mother? Do I, do I know? Is that people from the internet? It was a whole, like, mysterious internet. So who are they? Could they be bad kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, this is like, but, back right around 2000. Yeah, I think your like, mom was also a little skittish initially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this is like. Yeah, all moms were. This is when Oprah was still sowing the seeds of, like, yeah. there's danger out there. Mm-hmm. And this, people are going to stalk the kids <laughs> and kill them if, you, if they get to meet on the internet. You yeah. Know? And so, like, we had our parents talk to each other, and they agreed, yeah, all right, all right we'll yeah. see what happens. I don't, I don't know how or why they let it happen, but they did. Yeah. And um, so that first convention, I got to meet um, my future wife and brother-in-law. Yeah, they, they both uh, flew out to Indiana, and we yeah. just hung out at my, <laughs> on my farm for a yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was um, – yeah, it, like for a kid growing up in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana, to be able to reach out uh, and affect people on the internet and grow this little community and start making friends and meeting them, you know, that was, it just consumed so much of my time and so much of my life. And, but yeah, so I met my wife. We started dating. Um, it was long distance for like three years or something. I would drive down to Tucson every yeah, summer yeah. To, to bake. 
and oh die in Tucson. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we got married in 2004. Okay. And yeah, we got a couple kids now, and we got mm-hmm. you know all of our like so many of our friends who we grew up with on Starman.net now work with us at mm-hmm. Fangamer. Yeah. You know, and they do a lot of the same things they used to do back on Starman.net. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and, and that's what's so cool is like yeah. the, the art. Like I just remember seeing art pop up. Like someone's like, oh, I made this incredible piece of art and it's just sitting as like a JPEG on a forum and it's like yeah. awesome that that's now like a poster or a shirt mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like it's yeah. cool watching the evolution because they're mm-hmm. so like, like aside from everything else, like there's just such a talented group of people in that community. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that like became something marketable as weird as that word is to use. It, it's like people, we went off to kind of do, uh, get our careers or find our jobs and just boom, just came right back around. I think each yep. of us did and that are part of Fangamer in some way, like writers and programmers and translators and designers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. 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 And so then what made you want to start your own company? I mean, a fan gamer, like the idea of merch a, goods around video games, which well, I, I feel like weren't, didn't really exist. Like, as someone who always cared about games, because I, I don't feel so like... terrified of licensing, too. Well, yeah. well, you saw in the 80s, there was that boom of, like, all this Mario stuff, right, and Zelda stuff, and, and yeah, things like that. Yeah. But then the older I got, the more I saw some of that fade away, or maybe I just wasn't exposed to it. But what made you guys want to enter into that kind of, into that realm? It was the last siege that we did. We realized well, we had the skill. Yeah, so there was, like, in the, kind of like the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. um, we had... We had been doing a lot of like agitation and like activism on behalf we, of we didn't we you know? we just wanted to get the attention uh, and to let them know that there was a fan base and mm-hmm. that there is a zeal and there is a op- opportunity here and like um, our our goal was just to keep the series alive like yeah. we could tell that Nintendo had not abandoned it but they just didn't it wasn't on the radar they weren't going to do anything with it anytime soon mm-hmm. and so we. I felt like, and I think a lot of people did, that it was kind of our job to keep it alive. Like, yeah. we love this thing. It brought us together. Yeah. And it's it's resulted in all these amazing stories and meetings and everything, and we we wanted to preserve that. And so that was that was just kind of what we did for six, seven years there yeah. in the 2000s. We just said, all right, our job is just to keep it going, to spread the word about it, make sure people know about it, and that yeah. this doesn't just fade away. Yeah, for me, I loved it. I loved the experience that I had in the community that went around it so much. I wanted to be able to share that with other people. I wanted to think, hey, this is something that's really made my life so much better. I want to you know, keep this alive and share that. Say, hey, this is something you should look at as well. I think uh, Jeremy Parrish, when uh, there was like a pre- uh, time before he played the game and the post time and he's like he became like oh this is great I love this yeah. and so it's kind of being able to spread that word and le- let people know hey this is something you should check out you should notice and that was our mission but in, in the process of doing that we taught ourselves design we taught ourselves about marketing we yeah. taught ourselves about PR you know we yeah. taught ourselves all these things that we would later go on to use mm-hmm. and we had we, did, we didn't know we didn't care we just yeah. wanted to get her <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah so it was like okay how can we make it more cool looking or how can we make it sharper or what, what, what can we do to turn their heads to yeah, like like what can attention? we do to make to to get people to write about earthbound yeah like what yeah. What, do you, what does it take to make it interesting to the press yeah you know? yeah and so we would start doing stuff like having like petitions yes and like we did we did a petition initially and we didn't want to be just another like online send an email to nintendo thing so we had people we actually had a form you could print out <laughs> and i think andy can fill oh in here <laughs> yeah 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 no it was I, I did that i bothered everyone in i was living in texas i bothered <laughs> everyone in like any remotely Sinus, walkable Sinus. neighborhood Wow. So, many yeah. so, so going, like <laughs> gathering physical signatures. Yeah, yep. yeah. But you guys, uh, I think the thing I admire most about the the fan effort uh, on the on the part of Starman.net and the communities that you guys have, have worked in is mm-hmm. in fact that it was never an angry mob. 
I yeah, like we wanted to make today's... sure it was peaceful and that it was organized. Yeah, no, I feel good. like I see yeah. like every other week a petition and it's like, I'm angry and this needs to go away <laughs> versus, hey, no, we care about this and we want this to, to be preserved and, right. and brought back. And I think that w- that had a huge impact on sort of how that message got conveyed. I mean, you mm-hmm. guys, you know, uh, Jeremy has one of those books that you guys sent out basically yep. like with, uh, with a bunch of art with a bunch of info on the game and on on the different uh reasons you know media should care mm-hmm. um and you guys were doing that right around the time uh with mother three which we're going to get into later um but just i i couldn't help but admire that when i learned more about it after playing the game mm-hmm. it was like wow this isn't just an angry group of people on the internet this is a group of people who care mm-hmm. and they have done a great job of communicating that mm-hmm. i feel yeah and that was that's always kind of been core to. I mean, it, it's it's core to the game itself. Like love is just a central theme mm-hmm. in Earthbound and especially Mother Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of, kind of intentionally and kind of inadvertently made that the theme of our community. Like it, it just it, naturally attracts that kind of attitude. And yeah, typically, of, like yeah. most people who come to the community are just they're they're good, loving people for the most part. Mm-hmm. And we kind of enforce that. We said, listen, you know, we are we want positivity. We want people mm-hmm. to be good to each other. Um, we would give people the tools to try to get Nintendo's, Nintendo's attention. Some people, like we had a call-in where some people would not oh. do that properly, <laughs> yeah. and they would just call in all the time. And apparently uh, I found out later through the customer service center that they had to put out a memo because a lot of people were over-calling, and we kind of found out about it through <laughs> – our routes and we're telling people, hey, listen, don't call this much. Got to relax. You know, they, <laughs> it's going to be uh, negative towards the, the movement. So. Yeah, overexcitement was uh, a yeah. common feature. That's yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we try to make sure to, to give people the tools and some rules and guidelines to help with that. So there's an overall goal that could be achieved. But yeah, it's uh, positivity. People received a lot of a lot of that really well and kind of move forward with it in a oh. way. Well, it's awesome to see uh, what Fan Gamer has become. I, say, I mean, I'm wearing one of your shirts right yeah, now. Exactly. Like yeah. this, uh, just quality goods like well made uh, the stuff that Clyde just did recently too like super in love with mm-hmm. Legends of Localization and how yeah. that, that yep. the next book is about Earthbound yeah yeah I want that so bad uh, I already told Clyde like hook it up I will pay whatever you want <laughs> yeah um, so I just gotta say like props to, to you both on, on that success you know and I, I, so you're moving to a new building you're, you're getting yeah. a new space yeah we, we bought we just bought a building in uh, Tucson uh, like 12,000 square foot building where we're going to have our warehouse and office and even a nice little kitchen. Get some food in. Yeah. <laughs> going to have an inaugural live stream to kind of Yeah, yeah. We're going to have, have a little theater room. We're hoping to do some more streaming. Like we used to do a thing called Office Cam back in the day. And initially it was just a, a camera I set up to make sure we didn't get robbed. And, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, maybe we should just use this and actually have some fun with it, you know. So, uh, so we're probably going to start doing some more stuff like that again, you know. Some That's more, awesome. Sweet. Stuff, yeah. All right, if, you so make, if you make cool video game themed food in that kitchen, you can start selling that. That's true. Oh and man! Once we figure out all of the uh, all of the rules that we'll be breaking in the process. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the th- that time that uh, Reed met the writer of Earthbound, Shigesate Itoi. More when we return. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Andrew Gofar. Yay. John Kay. Hey, hey. And Reed Young. Computers. Yay, yay, computers. <laughs> so you have, you have done, uh, what many considered impossible, sir. You have met the gentleman responsible for the, the amazing story and writing of the Earthbound series, uh, a gentleman by the name of Shigesato Itoi. Tell us how this went. How did this even happen? What's going on? Well, so a couple of years ago, we launched a Kickstarter because we wanted, like, we basically sat down and said, all right, we want to just do something for ourselves. Like, we don't want a client project. We want to sit down and just do something that we want to do. And that basically took the form of um, we wanted to make a handbook uh, for Earthbound like we did for Mother 3. Mm-hmm. Kind of like kind of like the player's guide that came with it, but just with everything that we've learned since mm-hmm. then. Like, there's so much about the game we've learned. There's so much we've learned about design and how to tell, you know, how to present things. And we really wanted to comment on the era that Earthbound was in and also the era that we experienced it in as, uh, additionally. So yeah, so it's, it's kind of like a 90s-themed... Love letter. Uh, you know, yeah, you have to see it. It's yeah, going yeah. to be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. Um, there's like a, uh, a zine of fan artwork that we want to put together. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a documentary. Yeah. Um, the documentary is just about um, Earthbound and its relation to the West, like, you know, coming from Japan to America and, you know, all the all the things that have happened surrounding that. Mm-hmm. It's called Earthbound USA. And mm-hmm. um, my friend Jeff is putting the documentary together. And so as part of that, we reached out to um, Hobonichi, which is Itoi's office in Japan, and we asked if he would be willing to sit down for an interview. He said, sure. So we flew out, and it was it was wild. Um, I don't know. Itoi is a really fascinating guy. Like he's really busy. He's a really he's a successful businessman. He runs mm-hmm. a company, and they. I, mean, I, I don't want to compare him to Fangamer, but kind of like Fangamer, they do a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Except they're even more diverse than we are. Like they don't they don't really focus on games except when they do mother stuff. Because Etoy still has IP rights for the Mother series. Mm. Usually, when they focus on Mother, it's it's a it's a crossover with some of the items and products they already make. Mm. Yeah, so, so they yeah so I have one of those planners and it's awesome. Yeah, like the, so the Earthbound cover. And that's their big thing is like this planner is called a Techo. Yeah, and it's basically just a daily you know planner, uh-huh. but it's just really really well thought out, well designed, yeah. well yeah. manufactured. It's a really high quality product. But they do they do like um, jelly. They do oh, yeah. uh, nori, like seaweed sheets. You know, they do uh, towels. They do and, little bags and yeah. um, purses. I mean, they okay. just do a little of everything. Okay. They're just a really unusual company. It's kind of a li- like a lifestyle, uh, just a bunch of lifestyle items that are just really augment. Yeah, your, your everyday. They've got a daily blog. You know, what a perfect thing for the guy who made Earthbound to have a company that sells jelly and yeah. tote bags <laughs> and stuff like that's so funny. That's like perfectly weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the whole company is just as unusual as he is. You know. <laughs> It makes sense. But anyway, so we went to meet with him, and uh, it was incredible. Yeah, well, he's mentioned to you guys before. He called you Starman Club. Yes. Yeah, I've heard this story. That's how he would refer to uh, this very passionate group of Earthbound fans, if yeah. I, if I yeah, remember I correctly. I believe that was during the Mother 1 Plus 2 release event. Where no, he was, it, was, it was later than that. It was like a concert or something. Yeah, you where know, people were listing a bunch of names, and he saw a bunch of uh, names from America. And somebody's like, "Oh, that's Earth. Oh, it's the Starman Club." Yeah, like he was yeah. he was perfectly aware of us. Like when we sat down to talk, you know, I, I was actually sick, and so when the documentary comes out, you'll hear me like croaking. You know, <laughs> I was trying my best to keep it together. Um, but we sat down. I was really nervous. I was like, "Hi, you know, I'm I'm Rejung, Blah blah blah. And I started a website, and he goes, "Oh yeah, we know all about the website." And I it just knocked me out of my. <laughs> you know? I was like, what are you talking about? And I guess he. He and like a lot of people in Nintendo knew about 
our fan site for a long time, which I guess makes sense because we were so noisy <laughs> about everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we never really got much in the way of direct acknowledgement from them. And I asked him about that. I said, so why you – know, it came up at some point. It's like, why didn't you acknowledge – like, why don't you reach out to the fan base and say, hey, you know, hey, I'm at the game. You guys are cool. I mean, not not we're, we're saying, like, you should have. I just wondered what his reasoning was. And uh, he he just felt like – I can't remember what his answer was, but it was it was like, well, you know, I think you needed to – you needed to do things on your own. You needed to exist on your own. You didn't need my interference. Mm. Like he didn't. He didn't feel like he was. He was going to be able to add anything to our experience by by reaching out. And he didn't want to ruin something. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a really how- interesting and thoughtful take from someone who. Who normally people would be like, yeah, I, I deserve this fame. Let's, you know, let's <laughs> give it to me now. Yeah, yeah no, instead. It's kind of like how when he talked about Mother 3, this is a world for you to explore. This is a world for you to imbue. He kind of wants to be able to put out his creation, allow people to grow within it, and also take from it what they want and making them, you know, add to whatever whatever they take away from it to mm-hmm. something that they make their own or something new. And I think that was that's kind of this uh, – he's noted that on Mother 3, and I think it's the same way of uh, – mm-hmm reacting to us and a non-response is allowing us just to make it our own. I mean, it's really interesting, too, because it sounds, in 2016, it sounds like such a trivial thing. It's like, well, of course he would know about it because it would be, people would tweet at him and, like, it's like, you know, it would be the top post on the Earthbound subreddit or whatever, but it's like, in, like, 2002, that wasn't Mm -hmm. a thing. Like, it's like, it was a lot harder to get that feedback and even to get through to people. Mm -hmm. And, like, the idea of communicating with him in any way was kind of Something that didn't seem like it was even possible. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I remember we, the one, the one campaign that we did that ultimately led to Fan Gamer happening was, mm-hmm. um, we put together this book that was full of artwork, like fan art. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a, it was almost like a pitch for Mother Three in a way. Yeah, yeah we were showing the current market, the trends, numbers, and uh, the fan base. Just and explain like the why the yeah. game is important and why it, why it's worth pursuing and yeah. re-release. This is yeah. right when the Wii. I believe was released when uh-huh. the virtual console was announced. Oh yeah, because yeah. so I, I mean I think we've been dancing around it, but just to make it clear for folks, there was a long period of time where Nintendo would never acknowledge Earthbound in the West. Uh, so it was released on uh, Game Boy Advance as Mother One and Two. Mm-hmm. So that was the Super Nintendo version and the NES or Famicom, if you want to get technical versions. Then Mother Three, which was the sequel, went from being a Nintendo 64 game to resur- being resurrected as a Game Boy Advance game. Yeah. Right. It was announced at the tail end of the trailer for Mother 1 Plus 2 that the, it's in development. Yep. And uh, then it came out in 2000. That was, 2000, that was June 2005 when they announced it. It came yep. out in on May 20th, 2006. Yeah, and the yeah, because Mother 1 Plus 2 was 2003. Yeah, and then, or, I think, or 2002 maybe. And then, yeah, it was a few years later. And this was, was the yeah. tail end of the oh, Game yeah, Boy yeah. Advance, yeah. which meant... Localization yeah, it was, was cycle, yeah, yeah. It was whenever that happens on a on a cool Nintendo project. There's always the question of is this going to make it over or not? And there have been plenty of cases where that game didn't make it over. Rhythm Heaven was another example of a, of a quirky, like interesting wow. idea they tried um, for GBA. I think it was roughly the same time. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but. Um, that was another quirky game. That didn't come out here. The yeah, first Rhythm Heaven game really on G- GBA, which is one of the best ones in that series, yeah. never came out here. Huh. Yeah. But it did it eventually, <clears throat> right? It, its first uh, chance of us knowing what it is is actually part of the Mega Mix that they're putting out. Because oh, Mega Mix yeah. is the GBA game, the DS game, the Wii game, and some new mini games as well that were made for the 3DS version. Nice. Um, that was what they just announced on the... Yeah, yeah. yeah on Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Mother still- 3 still has not been released <laughs> here. <laughs> 
And it's fascinating that, like, if it is, if Mother 3 comes here, it will be on Wii U, like it is in Japan, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Like, I, like, Earthbound to me, it's so funny, like, having sat in front of a TV and played it, obviously, as a kid, like, Mother 1 plus 2, I was so jealous of because as a portable game, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it's like you, right? Like, I, I haven't sat down and played the game start to finish in a very, very, very long time. Um, but I finally will on 3DS because I'll play it on planes and I'll pick it up and, yeah. and, and like, that's a perfect place for it. And it's like, I, I feel so weird and like greedy with it now. And I'm like, man, I hope we get Mother 3 on Wii U. And then I kind of hope we get it on 3DS because yeah. it's like, right. it's so cool yeah, yeah. and portable. It's also like, I'll obviously take on anything. <laughs> but, um, Sorry. What were, oh yeah, we were talking about. Uh, so no. we had this book. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of like pitching the uh, the game to Nintendo. We're saying, hey, you guys should really do this. And uh, we tried to send it to him, and we sent a copy to his office. We actually translated him. a specific copy yeah. in Japanese. We paid uh, like five thousand dollars or something to get it translated. I hope yeah. that translation was worth it. Oh, yeah. good. Like high quality. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah okay, oh, it was good, definitely good. high quality. Oh, excellent. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember you how guys much are good. Paid for it, but we definitely paid somebody like some pretty serious money. We we did a fundraiser. We said. Listen, guys, we can't tell you what we're doing. We need a bunch of money. <laughs> and the community just, like, showed up, and they just <laughs> threw money at it. And because of that, we were able to do this crazy book. We translated it so Itoi could read it and share okay. it with people at Nintendo in Japan. But did he get that book? He did. Okay. Yeah. And we, like, we... <laughs> also, Camille made a little figurine for him yeah, as well. Actually, yeah, the figurines that Andy, one of the ones Andy has on his desk here, mm-hmm. we sent a bunch of them to Itoi's office as well. A bunch of little Starman figurines. Yeah, I love those little Starman. Also, I think that Shark Punk might be the first thing I... Bought from Fangamer. Yeah, I think yeah. that was like yeah, it was one of the first things we sold. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, so this this book was all predicated on that, and we sent a copy to him. And at the time, his company, you know, Hobonichi has been around for a while, and they one thing they do is have a a daily blog that as soon as the next day rolls over, it just disappears. They don't have an archive. It just if you want to read it, you better go there every day. Um, but they also have a fish tank webcam where they have a webcam that just points at the fish tank, and you can see the office <laughs> past the fish tank, but they're focused on the fish, you know, okay. <laughs> which is a classic e thing to do. Um, and so we, we would log into the website and analyze pixels on the fish tank Let's webcam. Got the is box. the package there? Is yeah, that it? Yeah. Okay, there's a, white, there's a couple so white funny. pixels. That might be the box. That was, screen <laughs> caps. Screen caps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had a ton of screen caps. It was a classic just total nerd, you know, like just really geeking out about stuff, and that was... That's just our that's that's our core. That's, that's the core of fan gamer in a lot of ways. Is yeah, just I, being unable to control <laughs> what a dork you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at that petition we kind of realized we had uh, enough skill. It's like you know what, if this is not going to happen on the timetable that we're feeling that we want for Earthbound, we we can do it. We can make a company that can try to promote and support the fans in our own way. Okay. And so that's how Fangamer kind of yeah, came Yeah, Fangamer actually started as – our goal was to make fan sites like Starman.net mm-hmm. for other games. But it wasn't long before we realized that Starman.net and Earthbound are just this really weird exception. Like like one of the first ones we wanted to do was Chrono Trigger. I mean, Chrono Compendium really had a lock on it. They didn't yeah. need help, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from Earthbound and Chrono Trigger, there's not a lot of games that can support a fan base like that, at least mm-hmm. not in the modern day. Like now everybody's got Twitter and Reddit, or Reddit and – yeah. Every other social Yeah, like fan thing. sites are basically not even a thing yeah, now. Because, really yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's fine because like now Earthbound like Earthbound community used to be Starman.net, basically. And now it's just it's spread all over the internet. And there's there's Reddit, there's Tumblr, there's you know, a bunch of people on Twitter who hang out, there's you know Facebook groups and things yeah, like Facebook that. Yeah, Facebook groups, there's there's everything. Yeah. 
and that's and that's that's really beautiful in a way. It's it's kind of sad. It's like oh man, like it's it, not consolidated. Away the dinosaur, yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah. It's it's really good to see that it still survives. Yeah, and so. Clyde still does his his part in keeping Earthbound Central, which yes. is just yes. EarthboundCentral.com is the place to find out anything you mm-hmm. want to know. Uh, also about Earthbound, just any recent like thing. Um, we'll get linked there. Mm-hmm. I, I think when I asked Reggie about it at a, at a twenty. What, 2014. No, no, just uh, Earth, a Mother 3 um, during an E3 interview. It shows up right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, they asked, and yep. Reggie dodged. It was like, <laughs> you knew it. But but uh, it was still, it, it made it there. And I was like, yes. Another miss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're swinging. All right, so hang on. When you, so let's go back to this conversation with e When it was over, mm. what went through your mind? Like, how did you feel? I don't know. It was It was weird. And I, and I say this, and, I, and there's certainly no disrespect to my family, my, my father especially, but it was like meeting your dad if you had never met your dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, I mean, I've got a great father, you know, and that's not – it's nothing about him. It's just like someone who had so, like, such an outsized effect on my life mm-hmm. and who was always – Distant and gone and never there, almost like like the daddy in Earthbound. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite meta. Yeah, <laughs> boom. Yeah. yeah, like in Earthbound, um, you play the game and to save your game, you call your dad. Yeah, you know, and, he, and you never see you him. Never see him. He's never just a telephone. That's like the that's a joke in the Earthbound fan base. Is yeah. dad is a telephone. <laughs> no, yeah. But that was what it was like meeting Etoy. Like I, I finally got to meet this guy who I had just known of and orbited around for most of my life. And, um, you know, he was so warm and so welcoming and exactly what I expected. You know, it was just – it was so gratifying to, to be like, man, I expected this guy to be weird and charming and kind, and he was all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was – it was just like – I can I can close the book on that now. Like, I am so – I'm so fulfilled and happy with how this went. It was great. I can't say enough good about it. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. very, very cool. Uh, so then, uh, lastly, let's talk a little bit about the Mother 3 fan campaign. Um, so you uh, shared earlier uh, how Fangamer and how – or Starman.net uh, and the community basically rally together to, you know, convince Nintendo, bring this game out, bring this yeah. game out. You saw that wasn't happening. Yeah. What happened then? So this was back in 2006. The game mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. and basically the clock started for us right then. Because, like, we knew the game was coming out in Japan. We didn't know – we didn't think the chances were good that it was coming out in America, but we wanted we wanted to step back and give Nintendo yeah. a chance. Like, hey, come on, please. Because the reason the reason we were so urgent about it is because we knew the Game Boy's life was ending. Like, yeah. It was basically over by the time the game came out. Mm-hmm. Like they had moved on to the DS, yep. and Game Boy Advance games were just not coming out anymore. Yeah, they faced that. Uh, yeah, except for like random third party dog games or whatever. <laughs> um, and so we stepped back and we said, okay, let's just give it some time. Everybody's clamoring, like. As soon as it came out, everybody was like, okay, start translating immediately. And, you know, there was, there was like, guides. You can get on GameFAQs, mm-hmm. like, taught you how to play through the game mm-hmm. and give you some Japanese characters and explain what they mean. Mm-hmm. But um, people were climbing for Clyde to do it because Clyde's a professional translator. He co-founded Starman.net with me. And he had done a lot of other fan translations. And so they said, of course, he's going to translate it, like, as soon as he gets his hands on it. And he didn't want to. And none, none of us did because we wanted Nintendo to to do it like that was that's theirs it's their property you know um and so we sat around and we waited and we waited and we asked around and we talked to anybody we could talk to who could give us information and it was just it became painfully clear it was just not going to happen hmm. and we never found out why like uh, nobody ever said oh yeah well it's because of this this and this like 
recently we've we've become we've started to understand like okay there's all these business challenges like running Fangamer has taught me a lot made me grow up a lot of ways in my thoughts about Nintendo and I totally understand why they didn't do it it makes sense it'd be a lot of money and probably not a lot of return mm-hmm. but you know we we stepped back and we want to give it time and they just they weren't going to do it and we thought okay you know Earthbound came out in 1995 and then nothing like nothing happened until the game was re-released on the Wii U Virtual Con or the yeah. Wii U Virtual Con yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yep. uh, in 2000 or 2013. Yep. Yeah. And that was because of a huge fan campaign on Miiverse. Yeah. Every one of yeah. them, everyone their mother was asking for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just go through the Japanese Miiverse. Like, please, please, please. oh, please, <laughs> bring this out. <laughs> and so, but even back in 2006, you know, it had been 11 years since Nintendo had done anything to acknowledge Earthbound in any way. There was no merchandise. There was no re-releases. There was nothing. They actually went out of their way to take out the Earthbound demo in the U.S. version of Brawl. Yeah, Brawl. Yeah, yeah, they were going out of their way to not have Earthbound here. For whatever reason, you know. And some folks speculated it was potential uh, legal territory, right? Like mm-hmm. some of the some of the sampling for the soundtrack potentially, or maybe the cross on the hospital could be. It looks a little too much like the Red Cross. Would the right. Red Cross come after Nintendo? Like, I, I feel like we all did our part in like wondering maybe was that the reason, but yeah. no one ever clearly stated mm-hmm. this was why. Yeah, and I mean Nintendo never will. That's just not how they work. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're never gonna find out. But anyway, so you know, we said okay, it's we've. We've done these campaigns. We've we've done everything. We've had all this deference for Nintendo, and we kind of felt like it was time for us to do something for the fans, like for ourselves. Yeah. And we felt it was the right thing to do. Um, so we started working on a, on a fan translation, and that was in 2007. It was... I think it was like early 2007? It was, it was November of 2007. Was I it? Okay. Um, I think there, 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 there yeah. was some sort of announcement or some news that came out that it was not happening in some way. Somebody had publicly asked, and I think at that point we made a, a group. Oh, that's right, yeah. There choice. was an interview with someone from the Treehouse, and the interview was like, so, what about Mother 3? Which is like standard boilerplate question for yeah. Nintendo now. Um, and he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he didn't even know what the game was. <laughs> wow. You know, so we're like, okay, it's not, there's just nothing, it's not going to happen. Okay. And so that was the point at which we're like, all right, fine, mm-hmm. we're going to do it ourselves because Nintendo won't do it. Yep. Um, so we started, and Clyde um, Clyde got together a pretty all-star team to help him. But ultimately, it came down to Clyde and Jeff Mann. Like, Clyde did all the translations, and then he and Jeff Mann worked together on the hacking. Coding, oh my gosh, and the text coding was Yeah, he, he kept a blog the whole time he worked on the game, like, mm-hmm. hacking the game, pulling the Japanese out, putting the English in, and it was just a monumental effort. Mm. It took... I thought it was like a year and a half. It came out in uh, came out in like October April 2006, right? Yeah, it came out in April 2006. The translation started a year, um, almost a year prior. No, it didn't start before. We started after. Well, it, it, uh, the translation started in to, uh, November 2007, I believe. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm not the dates. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it came out in October of 2008, I believe. Yeah, we, we, we lost this fan yeah. translation in October 2008. Okay. Yeah. And, version um, 1.0. Yeah, version 1.0. Yep. And we uh, we were never able to actually we couldn't accurately measure how many downloads we got, mm-hmm. but using like just some some cheap analytics, we could tell that hundreds of thousands of people visited the site over the mm-hmm. next couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Well, and like literally everyone I know who's played that game did it with that fan translation because yeah. obviously yeah. you can't otherwise if you don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
And so, you guys included like a method to you know to patch it, and here's how it works. Yeah. And please still support the game. Like mm-hmm. don't just yeah. Like you guys were very clear and even messaging. Like this isn't about like stealing something. This is yeah. about like you guys understanding. We just want to preserve this. And, yeah, this you know? was this was us saying like we're doing this because like. We didn't want it to seem like we're entitled to this. Like this belongs to us. We wanted to. Yeah. We wanted to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same reason we had agitated for Earthbound for so long. It's because we didn't want it to die. You know. And that's that's what it boiled down to in the end. So. So uh, my last question for everyone here is: Do you need an Earthbound four, or do you need a Mother four? Do you need another chapter in this story, or would having Mother three be enough? I wouldn't mind a, a Mother four, but I know he's not going to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a remake or a re envisioning. I think some people had done the Wind Waker style Mother Three kind of thing. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, go back uh, to the yeah, go back the to idea of like EB sixty four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, say, say say they said, oh, I'm gonna we're gonna redo Mother One in a different graphical style, but that's not Itoisan's. Uh, and I think yeah. that is a yeah. classic view. Um, for me, for Mother, I feel pretty content. But, all, but everyone's like, always want more. I want that next uh, slice of the pie. Yeah. So. I think that's the scary thing for me is like, the, I feel like I don't need it, but it's like, I would only want it if he did it. Like, I would, I would yeah, certainly, yeah. like, I know there's been like, basically a fan-made Mother yeah. 4, and it's like, I don't really oh, and then, then want then that. The like, closest thing to it, uh, to some degree, for some for a lot of folks, I feel, and maybe I'm, I'm uh, maybe this is hyperbole, but uh, Undertale. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of folks, Undertale is that kind of game. Another I, Starman uh, community member, weirdly enough. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's another good another old Toby. Story, but yeah, yeah. The, the guy that made Undertale was just we kind of grew up with him on Starman.net. Yep. You know, just yeah. another member of the community. And yeah. I think there's also some other games that are kind of getting inspired by that, which are Boot Hill Heroes, mm-hmm. Y2K, mm-hmm. you know, Undertale. Mm-hmm. I think it's another one called Stardew Valley, which mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, that's that's common nowadays. You'll yeah. see like an indie game comes out, and it's like heavily inspired by Earthbound, like like something was, like yeah. every week on Kickstarter. Yeah, there was even a know? DS game called Contact that I always heard people yeah. tell yeah. me that yeah. that's that's yeah. an Earthbound type game. You got you should totally play that. <laughs> um, I think, and I, I think I agree with a lot of folks here. Where I'd want it to be Etoy, it would be hard for me to accept it being someone else. But I do think someone else could. Yeah. And yeah. I do think someone else could get a lot of it right. Like I almost feel like it's unfair to kind of shackle it to Etoy. In a yeah. way, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like Smash Brothers feels uh, shackled to Sakurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Sakurai is not just the brains of making it, but the promotion. Right. But the, the like he he handles everything so intimately, and it's like well, one day he's not going to want to work. You know. Like, like right. two years straight or, or whatever it is on, on a project or 13 months, I it's think It's like said. Uh, Miyamoto-san has passed uh, off Zelda yeah. to yep. other uh, creatives. Yeah, yeah, like Aonuma and, and guys yeah. like that. Yeah, or, or yeah, how, like, Retro did the... Metroid like after that yeah. was obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And it's like, I guess, yeah, and I guess that's true. It's like if that never happened, we would never have Metroid Prime. Like, mm-hmm. And like, that's something that like does, it's very different from, you know, what the original vision was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I like... If they announced a Mother 4, I'd obviously be excited and I'd obviously play it. Yeah. Um, but it's that weird thing of, like, your question was, like, do I feel like I need it? No. Like, okay. I, I really don't. I feel, like, pretty content. And Etoy yeah. actually, I don't know if you knew this, but he he addressed that directly mm-hmm. in an interview. Yeah. They, they yeah, said, hey, right. so what about Mother 4? And I think, I don't remember verbatim, but I think he said, like, Mother 4 is what you do. Like, you will you will do Mother 4 just by having played these games and taking them with you and yeah. letting them affect you. Sort of a piece of your soul from this point on. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and in that way, Undertale is Mother 4 and Boot Hill Heroes and all these other games that are inspired, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's, I don't know, it's, it's a very poetic 
beautiful Etoy thing to say. It's, he's it's, so poetic. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like I, oh, he's so good. I really, he had this great quote. Um, he said, uh, among big time pop stars, if they put out 10 albums, around the fourth album, they can't make very good songs. The albums sell, but everyone at the concerts wants to hear songs from those first three albums. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that. I thought that was such a smart way of looking at it. It's like, yeah. like the worst thing that could happen is if he made Mother 4 and it wasn't good. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's like, that's a really interesting, like, I really liked that perspective on it. Um, real quick before we wrap up. Yeah. There, there's one thing that would be remiss if I didn't talk about, um, okay. which is my white whale. It's, it's something I've talked to actually both of you guys about, but, um, in the industry, if there was one story I could ever tell, if there was anything I could do with unlimited time and money in terms of like like breaking a story, it would be what happened to the Space World 1998 Earthbound 64 demo. Oh my god! Because it exists. It is yeah. it is a thing. Uh, and there were these blue discs. There were these uh, 64DD. So you just um, want one. Mm-hmm. I just want one. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I just, it's like it's that weird thing where like even if I could just find someone who's like, oh, I threw those in the incinerator yeah. or whatever it is. Like I'm just so curious about like what the chain of custody was on those and the, like there were these blue discs that um we thought were, were was it and it's like the community got all this money together to to make mm-hmm. like a dev mm-hmm. to get like dev kit pieces like yeah. piecemeal from like yahoo auctions japan and like pieced mm-hmm. it together and like i remember i built a computer and mailed it to i think it was canada oh, so man. that he could access some of the stuff on the discs yeah, and they yeah, found yeah. these discs and they said like m3 on like them, KM M3 or something, and then it was the bust. It ended up being uh, Doshin the Giant Doshin was on the there. Giant. Yeah, Doshin the Giant, and it's like that's that's the only lead there's I'm ever so been. Sorry. That's but so it's, it's really interesting. So anyway, this is just a if, if you're a, an Earthbound interested person who discovered this and you have any leads on that. Let us the know. Yeah, let blue us know. Disc. Wanted posters going. Yeah, yeah the blue disc saga. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, last thing I think I should mention too, because we did pass over this point, and I feel I would feel guilty if we didn't mention this, is that another major hand in shaping uh, Earthbound on the Super Nintendo was in fact Satoru Iwata, the late yes, president of Nintendo. Yeah. And that's something that uh, his contributions will forever be remembered on that game. I, I believe he just, like, he coded that game. He mm-hmm. was yeah. very yeah. hands-on yeah. on that project. Yeah. Um, and this is obviously when uh, he was in a different role, but still, um, that's something that we should absolutely acknowledge here. Like, yep. just yep. absolutely uh, another gift from a very talented man. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's one of those cool things that, like, the fact that he went on to become president of Nintendo <sighs> is just yeah. yet another incredible kind of the people who came from Earthbound went on to so many interesting things. And it's mm-hmm. like looking at you guys and the fact that you built a business and that you changed your entire lives and have done all this incredible stuff and looking at like, like Lindsay actually works with Etoy now. And yeah. it's like, there's yeah. so many cool people in that community who went on to just do these like fascinating, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in a weird way, I, I like that. I almost consider a lot of one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, no, 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 yeah. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, and that, and that video they did last night at the yes, at, at the, the GDC, GDC Awards, yeah. Yeah. there's a little nest floating in one of the bubbles in the corner. If you oh, like. really? Oh, yeah. that's I was like, awesome. oh, my heart. Yeah, that Aww. video uh, was incredible. It was David Hellman, I think, yeah. did that, and it's so yeah, it so touching and wonderful. People yeah. worked on it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. You have walked away with so much Earthbound. I hope it is a part of your soul as much as it is a, a part of ours, if you believe in that kind of thing. Um, lastly, you can leave us feedback. Email us at mvc at IGN.com or head on over to iTunes. Leave us a show review. Lastly, you can find us all on Twitter, I think, and some of us even have our own business ventures with yes. a <laughs> website URL if you want to drop that. Uh, John, why don't you go first, and then we'll just go around the room. My Twitter handle is at thejohnk. Okay. And Reed? Uh, I'm Reedman, still. Uh, <laughs> R-E-I-D-M-A-N. And also, uh, Fangamer.com is where you can check out cool stuff. Yep. Yep. You're Including on Twitter as at Reedman Smiley. Smiley yeah, Reed Smiley 007. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 007, another stuff. <laughs> 
Actually, I'm Garfap on Twitter, and you can find me writing on IGN.com. Yep. And I am Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back uh, with less fu- fuzzy pickles, but more <laughs> Nintendo Voice Chat. PS5, farewell. I miss you. of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.